We're going to jump into God's word here right now. And, and I've got to tell you, um, I've got something I want to show you on my phone that you're probably not going to be able to see, but I wanted to make a slide and I forgot about it. But the other day I was walking home from getting coffee at this place and, uh, and I walked by this church. There's a church on 30th um, and it's a really pretty church. And I saw they had these giant doors and there were signs taped to the front windows on the front doors of this church. And I walked closer and, uh, and I saw they had this sign and it says, you probably can't read it, but it says, in compliance with county order, church closed. And I saw that and I'm like, okay, I get it. I understand what they're talking about here. But then I thought, you know what? Our church is in compliance with county order and our church is not closed. Friends, our church is open. Our church is alive. Our church is active. We are serving the city. We are serving each other. We're staying safe, but we're staying connected. And I just like seeing this sign just made me think, oh, bummer for you guys. And I'm just so thankful that Jesus is at work in our church and he continues to work. He's adding new members. Someone came to faith recently in our church, just believing Jesus for the first time. So many of our people are seeing their friends, their neighbors, their family members um, who are connecting online. So welcome to those of you who are new. Um, I hope that you're able to fill out that virtual connection card. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to just let you know uh, that we care, that if there's anything we can do, we'd love to serve you um, because God is at work here. We want to share that with you. And so, um, so every Sunday, uh, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Um, and we saw on Easter Sunday, just a few Sundays ago, we saw that in the resurrection, God was vindicating Jesus. He was saying that Jesus was right in everything that he said. Now, we didn't spend any time actually on why you should believe that Jesus actually rose from the dead. Um, but that's okay, because last year, Carlos and Berkeley Gomez, uh, they taught a two-week class reviewing the evidence of the resurrection. And so if you want to know more about this, um, you can go to our website, www.harborcity.church, and in the top right corner, next to the search icon, just type in, did Jesus rise? And the first two results uh, of that search from our website are links to their two-week class with resources, videos, and notes to help you understand the compelling evidence that Jesus rose from the dead. But what we've seen is that if Jesus rose from the dead, then Jesus is right. If Jesus rose from the dead, then Jesus is right. And so if he's right, and we kind of don't know that he's right yet until the end of the story, until after he rises from the dead, but if he's right, then we have to go back over his life and over his teachings and see what he had to say. And so last week we saw that if Jesus is right, then we are saved if we follow him. Now that's amazing. Being forgiven, being accepted by God is amazing grace, but that's not the only way that Jesus blesses us. He blesses us in another very significant way. Um, some years ago, let me just tell you a quick story. My daughter, Jamie, and I, we were on a hike, and it was scorching hot. And I had one of those insulated camel packs with really cold water strapped to my back. And when we finished the hike, I said to Jamie, hey, Jamie, you want some water? And she goes, yes, I'm dying. And just on a whim, I said, oh, so do you want the water on you or in you? And she said, both. 
And so I went over and I picked up my camel pack and sort of dumped it. It's got a straw that comes out. And I poured water all over her and then gave her the straw. And she drank and she drank and she drank. And I thought while this was happening, I thought, wait a second. On you and in you. Wait, that's the gospel of Jesus. That's Jesus. Do you want Jesus on you or in you? The answer is both. You don't have to choose. You get both. Jesus on you means that when you commit to Jesus, he washes off your sins. And so he cleanses you in forgiveness. And then he gives you like a brand new suit. He gives you his perfect record with God. And that makes you acceptable to God. And so Jesus on you saves you into God's family. But then Jesus does more because Jesus is also present in you. And that's what we're going to look at today. And we're just going to focus on one pretty famous verse. And it's actually one of the most difficult things that Jesus says in all of the New Testament. It's Matthew chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 38 and 39. It says this. This is Jesus talking. He says, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Friends, this is revolutionary. I mean, we've all heard turn the other cheek, but when Jesus said this back then and today, this is radical. It actually turns the world upside down. You know about revenge, Jesus says. But then Jesus says, don't resist the one who is evil. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. I mean, this, this isn't just a different way to respond when someone hurts you. This is a radically different way of being human. Now, there's a lot of people, Christians as well as non-Christians, who don't really take this teaching of Jesus seriously. And I got to tell you, this is one of the reasons why many of us don't feel close to God. Because when you disregard someone, uh, you can't feel close to them. When you don't put an effort into following Jesus, you won't feel close to him. Instead, we end up feeling guilty because we're not being what we know he wants us to be. And so now with this teaching, some of us have legitimate questions about it. Because it seems like there's some ways that you could use this teaching to set, you know, set someone up for abuse. Uh, we can imagine situations where this passage could be misused to keep someone in an abusive relationship. I mean, I get that. But there are other parts in the Bible that teach us that people who are being abused are free and ought to leave a relationship like that. But this teaching of Jesus, it's actually an invitation. It's an invitation to see the world the way that Jesus saw it. Jesus offers us a different set of lenses. We talked about the gospel lenses. It's like he gives us this other set of glasses that cause us to see the world, to see ourselves, to see God, to see the world very differently. Um, and so the lenses of the gospel show you a very different world. There's a, a website called The Bible Project. It's thebibleproject.org, and it has an incredibly powerful video that's about generosity. Now, this video is great because it describes why following Jesus can be hard. 
in this video, it says that what we see when we look at the world, we see a world that's full of scarcity and struggle. We see a world where there isn't enough. Now, Jesus grew up in this same world. It was a world full of poverty and oppression. But Jesus saw the world differently. Jesus saw a world where God owned everything and God could be trusted to provide for his people. And so Jesus came into the world knowing that all of us are hopelessly deceived by the lie that there isn't enough. And so Jesus saw the world differently than we do. Jesus saw a world where God is generous and where there is more than enough among God's people. We could say it like this. The world that we are tempted to see is that the more you have, the less I have. But friends, this is not the world that Jesus saw. The world that Jesus saw was the more you have, the more we have. Like I said, this is radical. This is revolutionary, and this will turn the world upside down. And this is why it's so important for us to be financially generous. Uh, Because when you give to the church, especially during times like this, you are declaring that the God that you believe in is generous and that God will provide. And so in the midst, in the midst of all of the fear and all the uncertainty of our future, God will provide. Um, We are a church family of several hundred people who are committed to helping each other, to supporting each other, to caring for each other. We are doing this. And when you give, when you give to the church, you see and you create the world that Jesus saw. And if you're at a place where you have a need right now, where your income is gone, you have nothing to give, then let us know. Come talk to us. We have people who are eager to serve and eager to help. And we don't even have needs for them to serve. So if you're in need right now, come to us, talk to us, let us know. We would love to bring the resources of our church to help you where you're at. Now, so that's what this video is about. It's about generosity and this idea of these different worlds. There's a world that we see and a world that Jesus saw. It really, really helps me. It really, really, it helps me. And it it actually reminded me of how out of step with Jesus I can be, especially with this teaching about vengeance. Because sometimes I live in a world where, frankly, I want vengeance. I want revenge. Um, Where I see people, like I want people to get paid back for what they did wrong. In my heart, sometimes I think that if someone's allowed to get away with something, then it reduces the amount of justice in the world that I live in. So again, we could say it like this. Here's what my sinful heart thinks. And if your heart thinks this way too, then welcome to the family. Um, My sinful heart thinks this. The more grace you get, the less justice I get. But here's what Jesus thinks. Jesus thinks the more grace you get, the more grace we all share. And so when I'm feeling this way, when my heart has taken hold, the the deceitful parts of my heart, God comes and says to me, Stephen, hey, this is not the world that I live in. 
This is not the world. Like he says, your world has no love. Stephen, why don't you come and join me in my world? And so this is an invitation. Now, scholars, Bible scholars say that Jesus is teaching about this, turning the other cheek. It's not against the government enforcing justice, but that Jesus' words are designed for how we behave in our personal relationships. And so this teaching is for our personal responses uh, because it is loving for someone who does something wrong to be held accountable by an independent court of law. But that's not you seeking personal vengeance. And so Jesus is teaching, it invites us into his world And it's a world where God knows every infraction and God is amazingly gracious. So now, if this still feels crazy to you, well, there are elements of following Jesus that do seem crazy. There are places where people think, man, if that's Christianity, you guys are out of your mind. Um, But this is Jesus's kingdom. Jesus's kingdom operates with a radically different economy. It has a different set of values. And in Jesus's kingdom, different things are valuable. It's it's like a different currency. And Jesus wants us to live our lives to earn this different currency. I'm not talking about earning something for salvation, but I'm talking about once you're in the kingdom, you can earn this kingdom of Jesus currency. Let me show you what I mean. In Matthew 6, verses 19 to 20, it says this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. And so just as we can earn money on earth and deposit it into our bank accounts, we have this bank account up in heaven and we can earn God's currency by following Jesus and we can make deposits there. And so what does this mean? Well, in the teaching that we're looking at right now, this means that we don't need to get revenge. That we don't need vengeance. In fact, Jesus wants to pay us with a currency that lasts forever. And when Jesus pays us back in our response, When we turn the other cheek, Jesus pays us back with a currency that changes not our external circumstances, but it changes us on the inside. If you turn your other cheek, Jesus says, I will pay you back. Promising that. He says, I will give you the currency of my kingdom and you will lay up treasures in heaven. Now, I know some of you still think this is crazy. And there's others of you who think, man, there's just no way. that You just can't do this. It's unreasonable. And so how can this be right? Right? That's the question that you're asking. How can, I mean, functionally, really, truly, how can this be right? And I would say that there are two answers. The first answer is that Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus rose from the dead. And because he rose from the dead... It's proof that this, what Jesus is saying here, this is God's way of being human. This is how God designed human beings to live and to, and to move and to have relationships. This is what it means to follow Jesus. 
Now listen, hear me, hear me. You will suffer if you follow Jesus in this way. But to the degree that you suffer, you will feel closer to Jesus. You will know him more intimately. Your relationship with him will be more personal because you'll understand more of what it was like for him to respond in this way. And you will share his love and his patience and his grace with someone else who desperately needs it. And so this is God's kingdom currency. It's uniting you closer and closer to Jesus. I was talking to uh, the leader of an organization this week, um, and she has gone through hell over the last six months of her life. Death and tragedy have plagued her. And in our conversation, in tears, she said to me, she said, I just want to serve God, but the more I serve him, the more I suffer. And it's just too much for me. I listened and we talked and we lamented together. And then God showed me something. God revealed something to me that I shared with her. And I said, listen, the reason that you're suffering like this is because God is increasing your capacity to suffer. Your capacity to suffer will determine the capacity for you and for your organization to hold the suffering of others. And I told her, I said, when you're able to hold others' suffering, you show them the love of Jesus and they will want him. And so in God's economy, you need to understand this. In God's economy, the more you suffer, the more that you are able to connect to the deepest sufferings of other people. And God will use you. People will find home because you can understand and you can hold their suffering. You can share in the pain that they experience because you understand what it's like to hurt and to suffer. And in these ways, God will use you step by step, relationship by relationship to heal the world. And this is Jesus's currency. It lasts forever and it changes the world. And so we know that this is right because Jesus rose from the dead. But then second, we know this is right because this is exactly how Jesus responds to you. This is exactly how Jesus responds to you. Friends, this is the gospel Jesus lived a perfect life and then he died and he rose for you. The reality that sometimes we don't want to talk about is that you hurt him with your sin. You hurt Jesus with your sin and Jesus has responded with forgiveness and grace. Now, what do I mean? Well, Matthew 25, verses 42 to 45, just make it really abundantly clear that you hurt Jesus, not just other people with your sin. Jesus says this, for I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. 
I was a stranger and you did not welcome me, naked and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison and you did not visit me. And then they will answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Verse 45, then he will answer them saying, truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. Friends, what Jesus is saying here, he's telling us that every time you hurt someone else, you hurt him. And how did he respond? Friends, on the cross, Jesus did more than just turn the other cheek. Jesus opened wide his arms and allowed them to nail him to the tree. And Jesus didn't just turn the other cheek, but Jesus laid down his life. And in this, Jesus trusted God and Jesus trusted God's kingdom currency. And this is the world that Jesus is inviting us into. And as he invites us into this world, this new world that God is creating, Jesus himself is standing at the gate with his nail-pierced hands, his spear-impaled side. He stands there at the gate and he says, come to me, come to me. Friends, this is Jesus in us. I mean, we want him on us for forgiveness because we need that desperately, but we also need him in us to change us from the inside out. And Jesus saves us and then he makes us new inside. How can you not follow Jesus? And there is no other religion. There is no other philosophy that says that God has personally turned the other cheek for you. That every time you slap him, he turned the other cheek. There is no other understanding of philosophy or theology or religion that says that God laid down his life to pay the debt that you owe. And look, this isn't an argument over what religion is right and what religion is wrong, but it's just saying, look, no one else is coming for you. No one else is coming. No one else has come and done what Jesus has done. This is why we commit to following him. This is why we give everything to follow Jesus. Because the more you see what you've done to Jesus, and then you see how Jesus has responded to you, the more you feel compelled to be forgiving and understanding. How can we not love other people? How can we not forgive them? How can we not turn the other cheek when Jesus was crucified for us? I got to tell you too, there are people who try to obey this teaching without Jesus. There are other philosophies, other religions that, that try to talk about this. Um, and I've got to tell you, look, you can try to turn the other cheek without Jesus, but nothing else will pay you back the way that Jesus will. Because no one else has done this for you. And so walk in this, walk in this, 
there is action associated with this. It's not just receiving the love of Jesus in new and fresh ways, although that is wonderful and glorious. But man, we need to follow Jesus in this. He is giving us a teaching that shows the power of what is possible when he is in us. And so I want you to make a list of people. Write it down on your phone. Write it down on paper. Write it on your heart. Make a list of people who have slapped you and to whom you've responded with vengeance, either active or passive aggression. Make a list, and then I want you to go to them and say something like this. In the name of Jesus, I feel guilty about the way that I've responded to you. I'm trying to grow, and I might not know how to fix our relationship, but I want to own what I've done. Will you forgive me? Let that be the beginning of Jesus working in you. And we don't know how they'll respond. You don't have control over that. But I promise you that if you do this, God will open up the heavens. He will pour down blessing on you. He will draw near to your soul and you will know that you are walking with Jesus. You'll know that he is with you. And if it produces some form of reconciliation, wow, like that is God's goal in all of this. Um, That his people would absorb the weight of sin and respond with love and grace and forgiveness, and that that would bring healing and reconciliation. But if they respond in a negative way, if they respond with indifference or with attack, friends, Jesus will be with you even more. Jesus will look at you and say, with tears in his eyes, I know what this is like. I know what it's like to put yourself out there and to be rejected to be mistreated. I'm with you. You're not alone. I'm with you. Jesus would say, I love you and I will repay you over and over and over again, a hundredfold with my presence in this life, my closeness to you, and then eternally in the life to come. Friends, this is God's economy. This is God's currency and God's value system. And he invites all of us to walk in it. Will you come to Jesus? Whether it's for the first time or the hundred and first time. And some of you are brand new and you've never walked with Jesus before. And so for you, you just say, Jesus, I'm in. If you have loved me like this, I give you my life. And I commit to following you. And I'll lead you in a prayer here in just a second. But I I want to encourage you, give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. He will meet you and start a relationship with you right now. For others of you, some of you, it's the 101st time you're doing this. Um, It's a step forward and then a step deeper. And so again, take that step. Let's all turn toward Jesus and follow him today. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that a teaching like this that is so difficult and it seems so impossible 
reveals the most powerful aspects of who you are. That you would turn this hard teaching into something that shows us how much you love us. And then it shows us how much power you put into us. Jesus, for my own heart and for the hearts of everyone who is tuned in, would you reach and touch them? Would you reach across through the internet into homes all over San Diego and beyond? I know there are people outside of San Diego that are tuning in. God, we pray that you would touch each one of us, that we would all see you in your glorious response. And even if we're afraid, because to do this takes trust. God, help us to step toward you. If you want to become a Christian today, just pray this. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I'm sorry for my sin. I commit to following you. If you pray that prayer, start a relationship with Jesus. He'll begin to pay you with heavenly currency. It usually starts with peace and then joy that you're right with God and that he loves you and he's with you and you're now part of his family. Let's continue to pray, God, for the rest of us. Draw near and help us to be strong. Help us to adopt this radical commitment. We know that you're in charge. We know that you will make all things right. And so we can suffer in this life to show your gracious love, to show your forgiveness, and to show your patience. Use us this week. Bring healing and reconciliation and help us to display Jesus before the world that we love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.